Yes, we're back. It is episode 27, can you believe it, of the Hibs Ramble. And we've got a full card this evening. I know I'm not Craig, but uh, I am hosting tonight. It's me, Liam. I'm joined by Mark, Sean and Craig. How are you doing, gentlemen? Superb. Fantastic. Looking forward to giving you the reins for a week to see how you get on. I know, exactly. I've been uh, I've been given the, the creative freedom to host this week purely because Craig didn't see the game yesterday because he was... Yeah, the game, didn't you, mate? I did. I first came back after the winter break, eight nil victory. Very good, mate. Absolutely pleasing. Did you score? No, I didn't. I was actually suspended. <laughs> so, That's probably why they won. But Can you change? Why were you suspended? Eh? Why were you suspended? Because uh, in our previous league game, I got sent off. You <laughs> got, got sent off. off. I got sent off and it was all over uh, the TikTok plumbers. Aye. Yeah, no, there's a guy on TikTok who does, who plays in Craig's League and he, he like, did a TikTok of the, the game and you saw Craig waddling off after he got shown the red card. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, it was, never, it was never a red card and the whole committee actually apologised for the fact that they couldn't do anything about it because it was two yellows. Oh well, you've you've served your you've served your uh, sentence. I have, and I'll be starting stuff on the Falkirk Stadium turf on Sunday. Oh well, if anyone wants to go along and watch that, right. then uh, <laughs> message Craig for the details. But listen, lads, we're in a bit of a better mood this week because we we won a fucking game of football, man. Come on, what a day, what a time to be alive. Um, Mark and I were at Motherwell yesterday. A fantastic 3-2, 3-2 victory from the boys. Um, He's actually didn't do yourself the service. He's were on the telly as well. Well, we were on the telly actually. I tell was, you something. There was there was a bigger portion of you on the telly than there was a Mark. But well, Mark, Mark and I were were discussing earlier on, and I said I'm, I don't think I'm actually going to go back on the podcast because now I'm a, a national TV superstar. You know, I, there's absolutely no need for me to be on. See uh, the camera. See when they say the camera adds twelve pounds, they do not have fucking like. <laughs> when the cameras were on them. I tell you what, I have been on telly every televised game since our broth. Yeah, no, we've been on the telly well much. A lot. I don't know what it is. I feel like it's because, like, remember at the World Cup, they show all the beautiful fans. It's yeah. like that, but the opposite. Aye. Aye. So I'm just unlucky to be standing <laughs> next to Mark. <laughs> but no 3-2 win and Mark predicted it right on last week's pod as well so a massive well done to Mark if we were keeping scores I'm sure you'd be tied with Craig I think he's got one right as well but um, no let's jump, jump right into the game the lineup. Uh, there was three changes made from the team that started at Tynecastle Hanlon, Fish and McCurdy came out Porches, McGuinness and McGeary came in um, it looked like we were setting up a 4-3-3, it was kind of difficult to tell from where we were standing what the formation actually was because we we're quite low. But um, Mark, when you saw the team come out, did you think that it was probably the best um, shape and the, the best personnel that we could have chosen under the circumstances? I would say so. I would say so. And it took a wee bit of bottle to drop Paul Hanlon as well because there's not many managers in the past that have ever dropped Paul Hanlon. Um, drop Paul Hanlon, bring in Rocky... Um, and who else was at the back? Porteous and a back four. I thought that was um, 
thought that was a good choice. I liked that we went back to a midfield three as well. Um, and yeah, I was fairly fairly happy overall with that. Yeah, um, Sean Stevenson starting at left back again. Harsh on Marion Chabria, or does it speak more about how Stevenson's been performing? I think it maybe just speaks more about actually where Chabria's at. Maybe personally still. Um, I think when he came on, we'll obviously talk about the subs later on, but when he actually came on, it was crystal clear that he was just a shadow of the player that we got at the start of the season. Um, so he's definitely lacking a lot of confidence, as are a few other boys in the squad. But um, Stevenson, Mr. Consistent, again, uh, really. So, um, yeah, I'm not really surprised to see Stevenson continue to play there at the moment. Yeah. Craig, I know you never saw the game, but I, I don't know how much of the pre-game that you actually caught before um, you went to your game, but Aidan McGeady starting after his performance at Tynecastle, I think he maybe merited that. Did you think the same? No, I do. And I think that the team, obviously, Porteous aside, that started on Sunday is the team that should have started at Tynecastle. I think you've seen in the second half with McGeady especially that he might not have the legs that he did a decade ago, but when Lee Johnson talks about football and IQ, McGeady has it in abundance. Like You can just see he's a step ahead in most players on the park. And no, it was when I seen the team coming through, like Sean says, surprised that Hanlon was dropped. But I think that's Johnson learning a lesson for earlier on in the season as well. Because yeah. he, he tried to shoehorn in. I think when Rocky came back from injury, it was a case of trying to fit all three of them into the starting lineup with the back three. And when we started with the back three, that's when that horrendous run of form started. Mm. So no, it was I was I was delighted to see the team the way it was. And I think that um McGeady, providing he stays fit, will be I think he's got to a, keep his place for sure. Yeah, a, a big clip a big, big player for us in the second half of the season. I mean, you see the difference already in that um that McGeady and Nisbet as they're getting back to fuller, fuller fitness. Same with McGuinness, the difference that we had with all three of them on the pitch for the start yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. I thought that we started the game really well, actually. Um, there was a lot of early possession for us, a bit of pressure on their goal. Not many chances, not many clear-cut chances before we scored the goal, but on 16 minutes, it's a, a lovely a, a lovely diag, Paul Hanlon-esque from Joe Newell. Over Aidan McGeady, who, again, i never seen one single McGeady spin yesterday, and I'm disappointed. I kept shouting at I kept shouting at him to do it. He obviously never heard me. Um, but now I'm a national TV superstar. He might listen to this podcast and think, I'm going to do a McGeady spin at Easter Road against Dundee United. But chopped and, chopped and changed uh, what foot he was going to put the cross in, ended up whipping the ball in. And Nisbet had, you know, about half an hour to drink a cup of tea, control the ball and then finish it before he did. Mark, did you think that, you know, that that new ball over to McGeady and it, it was such a such a flowing move, wasn't it? And then finished off perfectly. Yeah, and I think as well, it epitomised how well we played in the first 15-20 minutes, that move. Brilliant pass from Neil. What I liked about McGeady, a lot of people were saying at the time in the stands, get out wide to Stevenson. And then Stevenson would have put a cross in and we probably wouldn't have scored. But McGeady was clever about the way he did it. He drew three boys into him 
and then you see somebody drifting for their own box, a Motherwell player for their own box through at McGee Day, then he notices Newell is eh, Newell, sorry, Nisbet's unmarked in the middle, clips over him, and like you said, it's criminal defending. But at the same time, McGee like Craig touched on, his IQ is unbelievable. He draw, draws a few players into him, dinks the ball into the middle, and then Nisbet's got all the time in the world to take a touch, and he's not going to miss for that for that range yeah. um, with nobody about him. So I thought it capped off how, how good they were in opening 15, 20 minutes, and I thought we deserved that goal. Mm. Sean, was it poor defending or really good movement in the box from Nisbet? It's fucking stinking defending from Motherwell. I think the fact that Stevenson goes to support uh, McGee Day maybe kind of helps drag some of the Motherwell players away. I've seen the replay, obviously, a couple of times as well. And then I like the fact that we've got McGuinness kind of more in an advanced role because he was up supporting Nisbet pretty much all game. And you can see that I think their other centre half is actually out closer to McGeady and Stevenson than he is the other centre half. Um, and then when McGuinness makes that other, he just kind of just drifts into the box. The other defenders are not sure who they should be picking up. And then the defender just makes a step forward to go towards McGuinness. And then that creates the extra space that uh, Nisbet got. And he takes it well. Um, he didn't often get two touches in the box um, so he done well to take the touch and it's a really really good finish as well it's a great finish um, shortly after we had a big shout for a penalty handball at the time from where we were standing I, I wasn't too sure whether it was a penalty or not um, but make no mistake about it now that I've watched it back um, you know it it looks exactly the same as what happened with, with Joe Newell against Livingston. I don't know if you've seen it, Craig. Have you seen it? I've not. No. So, I, I, when, when it first happened, I wasn't sure um, whether it was a, a penalty at the time. Um, but it was big, big shouts, especially if you're behind the goal as well. And the first camera, you can't actually quite see it. Uh, but in the replay... I would say it's I would say it's a handball and it should have been given, but I considering come handballs off. haven't been given in the last couple of weeks, I don't really know where we stand with VAR and handball, if I'm honest. Well, there was one at the other end as well, and I think well that one that uh, was it you and it put in the cross and then it's bounced off the defender's yeah foot or his ankle and then onto his hand, and then at the other end it's happened and it's come off a of poach's thigh or his knee and hit his arm as well. So it's maybe better that. Um, you know, the, the penalties weren't given because then where do you draw the line, to be honest? I feel like I, out of the two, uh, I'm not just saying it because it, it would have been ours, but I would say ours is more of a penalty because the guy's arm's further out from his body, whereas Porteous's arm is still within the confines of his body when it hits mm-hmm. his thigh. But yeah, if, if, if one of them's given, then I could understand if the other one was given. So at least it's a wee bit of consistency. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think either are penalties, but then in the same, in the same token, then why was the new one given the other week. It just yeah. it's it's the same people who are who are making the decisions at VAR who are then chopping and changing the rules every other week. It's it's just stupid. Um aye, so after that, Caden goes down injured. And that is a that was a big problem for us because we never had a right back on the bench. So uh, Josh Campbell goes back to right back and Henderson comes on and we are thinking, oh my God, here we go again. <laughs> The flow of the game really, really changed after that. It as really well. did because Josh yeah. Campbell was—he was busting a gut in the middle of the park, Mark. I know. Um, I, I speak a lot about Josh Campbell. I praise him an awful lot, um, 
and I think he he did play really really well in the middle of the park before he got moved. What did you think? Yeah, I thought he was excellent, and we said on the way back on the bus, if Nisbet hadn't got a hat trick, then Josh Campbell would have got man of the match, in my opinion, especially when he was playing in that midfield three. Um, we were saying before he actually moved out, out to fullback as well that mm-hmm. could we actually move him out there permanently? Because every time I've seen him play there, he's been brilliant and we seem to be struggling in that position. But um, he's it's not his natural position, so he did make a mistake, which obviously led to their goal. But I thought he was excellent all game. His effort, his commitment, the challenges he was putting in, the balls he was winning, I thought he was I thought he was outstanding in the middle and at fullback as well. Yeah, I, I don't know how serious that the injury to Chris Cadden actually is, but you know if. If it is a serious one, he might be out for the rest of the season. I, I'm not too sure if that's a possibility of moving Josh Campbell out there permanently, or do we look to Megwa in the development squad, or do we look to bring someone in, Craig? What do you think? I wouldn't like to see Campbell out there permanently. Um, I think it's difficult when you move a player, like when they're doing it for a game or a portion of a game, it's it's needs must, but when you're going into games actually starting that way, like he's naturally because he's a centre mid, he's going to get drawn into central areas. Um, I know Meg has been in, in and out of the squad for a wee while now. Um, I think me and Sean seen him at the under 19s game, and he was outstanding. That was at centre half. So I don't know if if there is a serious serious injury to Cad, then I'd prefer us to go out and get someone. That's actually a right back, or you know, dependent on uh, Lewis Miller's situation if he's going to be fit anytime soon. Because you didn't, what we didn't want to do is, you know, if potentially if we're losing Portia, well, we're losing Portia's, so we're going to have to replace it at centre back. If you then move Campbell to right back, you're then having to then fill another position in the middle. So even though it's only two players moving, you're effectively trying to fill three positions. So I'd rather keep Campbell in the middle where. He's more effective. Um, like you said, I never, I, I never seen the game yesterday in terms of individual performances. But you know what you're going to get with, with Josh Campbell, as he's never going to hide. Ah, his quality on the ball might not be great. Um, like you say, Mark, for the goal, his positioning's a bit all over the place, and that's the concern because he's a centre mid going to right back. That that happened. Um, so I'd rather, I'd rather us get a specialised player for that position, whether it be. Miller when he's fit, Meg one till he's fit, um, or bringing somebody in potentially on loan. Looking at somebody like, I don't know, I was going to say Stephen Welsh, but he's a centre-half. Yeah, well, we could bring yeah. in Stephen Welsh if we want, but he's definitely but not going to be playing right back, is he? Someone, someone that's, that knows the league, that can play in that position. Even Tavern, yeah. want to be relying on, on Meg, as good as we all think Meg is, whether he's a right back or a centre-half. To come in and then play 90 minutes week in week out, it's not something we want to rely on really. And then he Especially might, he when we're really yeah, he might get then picking up a knock as well, and we could be in an even worse position. So I agree with Craig. I think it is key that we now either assess the injury, which I do feel like I've seen, and at, at the outset they thought it was two weeks at least. Uh, I don't know if it's maybe got worse than that, but um, it is maybe something that we sh- we should be exploring. Well, I mean, I think it. Cadden has had problems with his back before yeah. and if it's his back again then we might be in serious trouble but I, I suppose we'll just need to wait and see um, They said on the TV it was his thigh right. it was a thigh muscle so if it's a muscle strain mm. Oh well, 
Stick well fishing there. Get well fishing right <laughs> That ended well the last time, eh? <laughs> um, now moving on to the second half. Quite early on in the second half, Craig, you were talking about football IQ earlier on. Huge, huge amounts of football IQ. Ryan Porches takes a nice quick free kick. Um, long ball up over a Eli Yuan, who cuts inside and very selflessly um, tramp goals it to, uh, to Kevin Nisbet. For a player who is probably desperate on a goal himself, really needs a goal himself, I thought it was uh, it showed you know high levels of maturity from Eli Yuan and a, a half decent finish. But the the, the the vision to put that quick free kick up and over in ALUN's path was absolutely tremendous, Mark. Aye, and it's a credit because Porteous tries that all the time. And that's what people won't talk about is he tries that at Easter Road, wherever we are, he tries stuff like that all the time. And that's the difference with Porteous. He's got the confidence to try things, which not a lot of Scottish centre-halves will. And this time he's pulled it off. Unbelievable pass. What the Motherwell defender's doing, I don't know. But it's an unbelievable pass. And a lot of Hibs fans will say, oh, well, why are you trying that if, he, if it doesn't pay off? Well, he's trying it because when it does pay off, that happens. And that's a credit to how confident he is and how, the quality that he's got. But it's an unbelievable pass from him. And he, he does just as well in the third goal as well, but we'll talk about that. And then uh, uh, Yuan does brilliantly. Nisbet, it's a simple finish, but at the end of the day, you need to be there to finish it, don't you? And he's peeled away from the centre half and he's got away and he's he's left with an open goal. So brilliant play from Portis, Yuan and Nisbet. Yeah, and Sean, I have to say, um, what a difference it makes having a, a fox in the box striker in the right place at the right time again. Eh? I know it just goes to show how much we were missing somebody like Nisbet uh, with the time the time that he's been out. Um, I think considering the amount of players that we've got in that area, it just shows kind of the difference in quality that Nisbet has in comparison to other players. Um, touching on what Mark said as well about the the ball out from. Poches, what I liked about it, I don't know if you've noticed it at the game, but not only were you and Amigidi switching sides quite a lot, but they were staying really high and really wide pretty much the vast majority of the game. And there was very minimal tracking back from them. Um, I know we're quite poor at defending crosses and stuff like that, but I don't know if um, I don't know if that was maybe a ploy from Johnson to try and kind of camp Motherwell in because a lot of our attacks did come, obviously, down the side. And obviously the third goal, similar, which we'll come on to, to the second is down that side. So I like the fact that those two, although Yuan's classed as a striker, um, he was high and wide and willing to kind of sacrifice his game for the team. He takes takes the chance. He makes that run that Porteous obviously plays those balls all the time. Great ball in as well. So yeah. I did notice that Yuan did not celebrate in any way when Nisbet tapped it in, though. Not even a fist bump or anything, no. And, uh, I thought that was quite weird. Mm. Well, maybe he was too Should busy thinking about where the cameras were so he could put on his Instagram story. <laughs> but, Craig, how refreshing is it to see that we're now getting balls in, I mean, more of the first goal than any of the others, but we're getting balls in from wide areas into the box and we're actually scoring from the from the chances compared to at Tynecastle when it was cross after cross after cross and no one was even connecting. Yeah, no, it's I mean all three goals come for for balls into the box and I think that's just testament to having someone like Nisbet back on the side as well. I mean the his movement I mean I think he's he, the first goal's a bit like what Sean says, the defending's really, really poor and he has all the time in the world to take a touch and pick his spot. But the third goal 
is is the one where you really see um, Nisbet's intelligence in and around the box. I mean, he sees the ball. The Campbell's got the ball. Is it, Cam- it is Campbell that plays? Campbell him. puts the ball in. I. So it is Nisbet sort of on the shoulder of the the Motherwell centre half, and as soon as as soon as Campbell makes that move to cross it in, Nisbet just darts in front. And I don't think we've got any other player at the club who's capable of doing that. I mean, I think Miko's good, but he's no sharp like that in terms of making that, you know, almost... You used to see it with players um, when they'd go close to the centre-half and then sort of drop the shoulder and take a step back, whereas Nisbet makes that move right across the face. And his finish is superb. Like, that was... Was that was that a similar finish to his goal at Arbroath in the cup? <clears throat> Uh, kind of. He takes it. He, he just. He almost. He hits it in front. Like he's, he's, he's like, like he's up. His body's up straight, and he kind of curves it round. And that eye, very similar. And it looked even better from our angle. From yeah, I think right behind the far end. When you see, I mean, Liam Kelly's a decent enough keeper, but he's Nisbet's taken it far too quick for him to react. And yeah. I think, like I said before, that the difference in having him, McGeady, Yuan. I think Yuan's taken a lot of confidence for that Levy game. Oh, 100%. And even the Celtic game. I thought he was good against Celtic as well. Uh, well he's he's six, six assists now as well, eh? So it's just testament to how, how good he's actually been. He yeah, had, had a lot of the ball second half at Tynecastle as well. And I think the strength of Yuan, I mean, when you look at his, especially his assists, so take his assists against Hearts and Motherwell, have been from... And Rangers as well. Bursting down that well not, because he's one for Rangers was, a, was on the left. My point is, when he's when he's on his stronger foot, he makes more of an impact in getting balls into the box. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be the key with him and McGeady in terms of the, the switching over at various points in the game. Because I feel that Yuan is physically a monster in terms of his pace. Yeah. But when he has time to think, he's almost akin to Boyle when Boyle first came. When you look at Boyle when he first came, he was, he said himself, he's a speedboat without a driver. And I think I think it's similar with you, Anne, in that when he's got time to think, like the chance against Hearts, he's like, should I dink him? Should I try and take it round him? Will I slow down and try and anticipate a foul? Whereas on, on Sunday, he never had an option. His only option was to square it to Nisbet. That's where you yeah. see the difference in the two in the, in the two players though in Yuan and Nisbet. I mean Nisbet has the time in the first goal, takes exactly the amount of time that he needs and finishes. Whereas Yuan has all the time in the world last week against Hearts, dwells on it and that happens. Whereas you could argue if that was Nisbet through on goal, that wouldn't have happened. The only the only thing about Yuan for me is that could this potentially be another almost like Canberry situation where he knows. Like, because his form up until the Levy game just wasn't good enough. His, his performance at Ibrox against Rangers was was absolutely shambolic. But is he now thinking that he's in a position where if he plays well enough for the next four or five weeks, it triggers the option for Hibs to sign him? Are we still? Are we? Is this level of performance going to continue if we sign him permanently? Like, whereas we can barely seen it that six months he was unreal. He comes back permanently and then he just he almost done nothing. I suppose, I suppose you don't know until until it happens. Oh, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I've seen enough quality performances from him at the moment to merit us triggering the the clause. I don't know how much it actually is. But um, if, in in the spells that we've seen, like Livingston, 
if we can get that that player, he's not going to do it week in, week out, but if we can get it close to even for 30, 35 minute spells in games. It's clear that there's a very, very talented player in there. Yeah. I think we all said that at the start of the season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I made, I think I mocked up a photo with his face on the front with the HMS Pistol League doing the side <laughs> and scored against Burton. So <laughs> I've been on the LUN train since, since <laughs> July. Aye. And uh, yeah, we've touched on that third goal there. Um, but I mean, Let's have a, 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 wee, a wee chat about the defending for the, the goals that we conceded. The first goal, a long ball, um, and, you know, Josh Campbell just misses it, lets the boy McKinstry in, and, I mean, there's not really much that David Marshall can do it, do, can do it goes through his legs. Um, Josh Campbell, Campbell could probably do better, stay on his feet a wee bit longer, perhaps, but then if he connects with it, you're, we're going wonderful clearance. Do you see any major problems in that? And that defending for that goal, Mark? I think his positioning was off for a start, aye. And I don't mind a player throwing his body at it to try and clear it, but when it's last man and you know that if you miss that ball, it's going through to a striker, you need to try and backtrack a wee bit and just get tight to the defender rather than just chucking yourself at the ball. Because as soon as he does that and he lets the ball go through, that's him through on goal and it's pretty much a guaranteed goal unless he makes a meal of it. So... I think an experienced defender doesn't do that. An experienced defender knows he's not going to get there and just backtracks and then just gets tight to the man. Um, Campbell doesn't do that. But I think, to be honest, I think Campbell was doing that all game just because uh, he was throwing his body about the whole game. He's seen some of the tackles he was going into that and I think he was just trying to do it in that case. Most of them most of them worked. Most of them he, he did well on that occasion. He just didn't, unfortunately for him. The boys punished us and went through and scored but yeah I think it was poor position and probably a lack of experience in that position that's done him uh, We said that at the time eh, that every time Josh Campbell touched the ball he was flinging himself on the ground there for it <laughs> and I, either, whether he headed it or cleared it he, was, he always ended up on the grass I'm not, I'm not too sure how but I, I think exactly like you say it's just a lack of experience playing at, at that position because I think on the whole apart from that he played very very well and he, he you know Held, held himself to credit at right back. Their, their second goal kind of reminded me of our first goal a little bit um, with the, the ball into the box, a bit poor defending and, uh, and the boys got plenty of time to, well, he could have taken a touch if he wanted to. I can't wait. Did he take a touch? I can't mind. Uh, great wee finish though. It was a great finish, but it seemed, it seemed to take ages to go into the net. Okay. I felt like I could have ran down from my seat, jumped in front of it and saved it myself. So it seemed to, it was like a trickler into the back of the net. Um, I've seen a lot of people online, uh, Sean, saying that that win is papering over the cracks, especially with the defending for the two goals. What do you think about that? I wouldn't go as as far as papering over the cracks. I think Lee Johnson admitted in one of his interviews that he wasn't happy with, with our defending. And it is clear that we are continually very poor at um, defending crosses. I think it's a lack of um, know-how from Trebriah and Henderson when they are so tight together down that side when he loses the ball. Joe Newell's in need, needing to try and dig deep to try and block the cross and he's obviously not able to do it. Kenny comes back to what I was saying earlier about you know our wingers being high and wide for the vast majority of the game and then our midfielders try to have to having to try and like dig in to try and block any crosses and maybe that's leaving us a bit short. Maybe that's why we concede a lot of crosses into the box. Um, 
I th- the two of them needed to do better, um, or at least communicate a wee bit better and stop it. I wouldn't really take in away from the boys' finish. He takes it very well, but it's a reoccurring theme that you know, we've been poor from defending crosses all season. That continued yesterday, so I wouldn't go as far as papering over the cracks now. We've been poor from defending crosses since Paul McGinn was at the club. You know that was that was how teams scored against us. Attack Paul McGinn and swing a cross in. How bad was he, by the way? Oh, he was how absolutely brutal. By the way. Well, Mother, Motherwell did attack our left side once. Jabari and Henderson were were the two down that side as well. So it doesn't really come as a surprise that we ended up conceding from that side. Um, I'm just thankful that we scored our goals when we did because I feel like all three of our goals came at very, very key moments in the game, yeah. um, especially the third because watching it at the time, I don't know if you felt like, like that, but when just before we scored the third, it looked like they were on the edge of scoring and, and equalising to make it 2-2. Yeah, so. no, I think we said that at the time, Mark, didn't we, that this has got... Um, this has got draw slash Hibs loss written all over it. But, uh, you know, we, we managed to find some character for somewhere and get that third goal. Um, actually, just talking about uh, Ewan Henderson there, I thought, despite all the good things that Hibs did yesterday, um, Ewan Henderson coming on, his performance, I don't think, was one of the good things that happened for Hibs yesterday. You know, I'm not in the business of caning players on his podcast. I'm not a professional footballer, but, you know, for me... I don't think Henderson got into the game at all. It's obviously difficult to come on as a sub, especially in the first half, to get used to the pace of the game. Um, I know you, you said you, you never saw it, Craig, but you can imagine, you know, it's the same kind of performances that we've been seeing from you and Henderson um, for for the longest time, really. Uh, lightweight, shoved off the ball and stuff. You know, do you think that maybe he's out of his, out his depth a little bit at this level? I would say so. <clears throat> I mean, it's... When you look at his career so far, I mean, he's what, 22 now? He's 22, 21, 22. And his impact in the league, I mean, he, he stood out against Bonnyrigg. Like, that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, he's, I think it's a bit, obviously, with, with the, the stature that his brother has at the club, I think we're desperate for him to do well because of the esteem that we hold Liam in, but no, he's, I mean, there was that game where, was it St Mirren, where he was literally just about to be taken off and he scored. He scored a better. Yeah. A screamer as well. Like. And I, mean, I think, I don't know if it was the same game, but Stuart Lovell absolutely caned him on commentary. Did. Stuart Lovell had said time and time again that he tries the World Cup pass every single time. I don't know. The thing for me with Ewan Henderson is I don't know what player, kind of player he is. Is he... A uh, 5A ball carrier type is he a McGeeck try and sit and dictate play to, and I'm, I'm not saying he's at these level but in terms of the players that we've had in the past or is he a Scott Allen trying to do the kind between the lines I needle through ball like, I just don't I don't see what it is with Henderson and if we're wanting to try and you know make inroads further up the league is Henderson the calibre of player that we need like you say, I'm no no caning him at all. Like if he's if he's just not, I just don't think he's 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 at the required level that we need. Um, and I don't even think he's at the required level that a, a team in the Premier. Like, excuse me, you couldn't see him going into a Kelly team or a Ross County team that are toiling at the bottom of the league. Mm-hmm. Try, do you know what I mean? To try and get them out of it, I just yeah, I, don't, yeah, I, don't no, I agree. I've never seen a player 
be sapped of confidence so quickly than Henderson. It's like as soon as he he comes on, he makes one slack pass or he makes a mistake. It's like his body language completely changes. His head goes down, and from that point on, he's he just has a terrible, terrible game. And I clocked as well that McGeady and Henderson did a wee one-two. Well, can you really count it as a one-two because it was unsuccessful? But Henderson tried to play the ball one. through. <laughs> Try to play the ball through and it went out and McGeady absolutely tore him apart. He screamed at him and Henderson wasn't even saying his head was just he was just looking at the ground like he was a kid getting shouted at by his dad. And it was like, can give him a bit back? You need a wee bit of character and personality to be playing at that level. And he just doesn't seem to have it. And he gets rag I've never seen somebody get ragdolled so much in my life. A boy touched him and he went flying about ten yards. It's like, how can you be that weak on the ball? And I, I'm no slating him with that, but he was really, really poor yesterday. Yeah. We it's won in spite both, of him. You both say that as well, though, like both the points that he's made, because obviously it is clear that he's got no confidence about him at all, and yet he's still trying these like world-day passes. So like, does that, say, does that say something about his character, though, that he's... I think he's it does. The confidence, he's trying that. Yeah, and, I trying think, and maybe that's why... Johnson has got so much faith in him because he does, because Henderson's got the self-confidence, although his confidence is extremely low, he's got the self-belief that he can pull off these passes or these wee touches here and there. But I'm curious to know what Lee Johnson sees in him. Not necessarily, but not, again, like you said, I'm not slating him or anything like that. I, I like him, although he's not really done anything at all in a hip shirt, and I don't know if that's anything to do with his brother, but I think that Lee Johnson must see a player or something in there, and I don't know if it's maybe he's hoping that there's a similar player to what like Josh Campbell brings to us, and he's maybe hoping that Henderson's got maybe an engine about him, because I don't know why he brought Henderson on instead of Kenny. Do you know what I mean? Kenny's weird. That one is extremely weird. I think the game was screaming out for a player. At, when the Cadden injury happened, it was screaming out for either a defensive player like like Noah Kenny, or to go for someone similar to to Josh Campbell. And, and Ewan Henderson isn't either of them. Do you know what I mean? He's At the moment, based on the performances we've seen, he's like a luxury player that isn't bringing any actual luxury. quality or luxury to it, to the pitch. Do you know what I mean? There's, so I was Maybe he does see him more as an engine man and was hoping that he could maybe pick up the ball, drag it 10, 15 yards and pick up a foul. Because he does get fouled a lot. Yeah. See, just because you brought up <clears throat> no hand Kenny there, right? Someone on .NET post, there's a thread on him um, on .NET and folk are saying that uh, they didn't understand how what's happened because, and I'm just going to go, sorry to interrupt you in that, Liam, right? But just go through stats about no hand Kenny, right? So we win 46% of the games when he starts, we lose 46%. But when he doesn't start, we lose 63% of our games. So the points per game drops from 1.46 to 0.88. Both the both amount of games for both of them must be about even now because he's been at the team for so long. Aye, so it's eight eight that he's not started and he's started 13. Mm. Uh, defensively, when he's on the pitch, 16 goals conceded in 1,001 minutes or one goal per 63 minutes. Uh, with him off the pitch in 889 minutes, so that's just, what, a game and a half? Yeah. We've conceded 19 on an average of a goal every 47 minutes. So, we could have used that Noan Kenny when we played at Parkey there. Uh, I know. We could have <laughs> Noan Kenny <laughs> passed the ball late in the season. 
he was a technical to our key, our, our good form at the start of the yeah, season. I was just going to say that. There's a, thing, there's a thing about his passing as well. Like I think we all notice when he's on the ball, he doesn't look great. But he's 82% short pass. He's got his job and he does it well. One, 1% less than Joe Newell and 6% better than Henderson. So that's short. So that's one of these, these worldies that kind of Henderson attempts. And then he's a loss of possession due to poor touch or dis- dispossessed by an opponent. He's one every 36 minutes compared to one every 24 minutes for Henderson. So Henderson's losing the ball four times a game on average versus two and a bit for Kenna. And then interceptions per 90 minutes. Kenna's on 1.8. Well clear of the next one in McGuinness on 1.2. And even Joe Newell at 0.7 if you look at the regular starters. Campbell's a 0.8 and then Henderson's 0.4. So I know you can manipulate stats in that to look the way that you want. But for me, we're a much poorer team with Kenna not in it. I don't think that run of consecutive defeats or the 9 and 11 or whatever it was is a coincidence given that he's not played in most of them. It'll be interesting to see where we go team selection forward because I think um, it's clear that Lee Johnson likes the three of McGuinness. He loves Campbell because of the engine he's got. And Newell's Campbell, pretty yeah. much the only one that's not been dropped at all. Well, the interesting one will be, will be the Hearts game because Newell's suspended. So you'd imagine then that he would just come in and it would be a direct replacement. But when everyone's ready to go... It'll be interesting to see who he sticks with. And maybe if we're winning, he'll just continue to go with the winning team like he did when we were on that winning run. I'll be really cross if Henderson plays in the derby. Really cross. Cross. <laughs> yeah, I honestly can't see like it. a teacher. Yeah. Well, listen, we'll wrap up the, the Motherwell game. Actually, a point before we go to the Premiership review. Um, right before the end of the game, um, Motherwell attacking, trying to get an equaliser. Ryan Porteous trips up. I think it was Sol, Sol home in the middle of the park and then burst his arse back to get the to get the clearance off. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about that, Craig. I've seen Ricky Foster on Sports Sound, not very happy about it. You know, Michael Stewart esque uh, purchase is a purchase a cheat this out the next thing, but I wanted to know your take on it. No, I think he's right. Oh for fuck's sake, I'm not it's, listening to this. No, no, listen, right? That should be a red card. It's, it's not, not it's, it's not it's not red for me. I I I, I He's he's kicked he's kicked the boy off the ball. If if there was a see if there was a skirmish right see if players were handbagging each other or whatever, and Porteous kicked kicked it to somebody during that Rami he would get sent off. Was, was that a kick, kick or a trip? Doesn't Listen, matter. Ryan Ryan has meant it. Ryan's legs have just got <laughs> no. bit entwined. My point, my point is, right, is that and this goes back to like the Lundstrom challenge that they overturned. See by the letter of the law, right? They're not red cards, but they should be red cards. What a trip off the ball! No, yeah. I get what I get what Craig means by that. So no, like, if, if no you're through on goal and you're stopping what could be yeah. a key opportunity in front of goal, then yeah. you know those ta- those tactical fouls that people play. You know when they're breaking and they're at the halfway line and they trip them up. It's not a red card, but it should. I get exactly what Craig's saying. I disagree. I disagree. No, if you're if, if you're through on goal, fair enough. If you're through one on one and you trip somebody up, fair enough. But if there's if it's not a goal scoring opportunity and you trip somebody up off the ball, that's a yellow card for me. My, unless you, my unless point, you kick them. My point on that is when it happens, 
I know the ref probably doesn't see it, but say that happens 10, 15 yards further back and the ref's further back and he does see it, he would then play the advantage and then because there's a let's say a counter-attack, he would play the advantage and then he would come back and give Porteous the yellow card. So I can only imagine he's not seen it and because Motherwell were already in a really good position, he's just let it run and then it just as so happens, the ball gets crossed into where that boy would be. It's for me, right? It's not so much a thing at Porteous. That's just kind of when folk have got like petty things they hate about football. Like taking yards at throw-ins or whatever. That one that's one for me is that I just feel that challenges like that should be a red. Because the balls for one, the ball's absolutely nowhere near him. Yeah. So he's tackled the boy, he's taking the boy out when the ball's not there. It should be a red card. Well at the end of the day, the line. At the end it's of the day, wouldn't he? Well, you, well, that if you tug somebody's shirt in the box, if you tug somebody's shirt when it's off the ball, is that a red card? He's cynical. No, but these cynical actually taking men out without touching the ball, like a shirt pulls. A shirt pulls completely different. Like that. that a shirt one, pull can influence where that player goes. It might not necessarily take him out, but it can have an influence on the play. That's that's not a, that's not a tactical cynical foul. Like what? Like they're saying to. It is. It is. With with Mark's point, you could say the same with the Stephen Fletcher incident with Rangers yesterday. He's mid air. He's got no control over his body. Ryan Jack gives him a wee shove, and then that takes him off the ball and doesn't get the shot away. Do you know what I mean? So there, it's such a grey area. I see it all the time when players push other players. Totally unnecessary. The ball's nowhere near it, and they'll just go like that. And that's not even a booking. Nobody even bats an eyelid. For me, that's like that's my for me. My point is just these petty, petty. Like I think I'm I'm playing more if 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 that's McGinnis running through at the other end, and that happens to McGinnis, and Ricky Lamy's the one who does it, and then he's the one who makes the clearance. Like you'd be, I would be, of course, hundred percent. Because that's because that's something that really really pisses me off watching football. I would have been losing my fucking mind at that mm-hmm. so it's it's one it's to us for Porteous it's clever it's smart it's he's he's managed to trip him up and get away with it but I just, I just hate it I hate seeing it it really really pisses me off yeah well at the end of the day it wasn't a red card Porteous gets back clears the ball and then at full time goes right over to the Motherwell fans gives it uh, all the chest pounding and stuff gets him absolutely fuming and then uh, he turns to the Hibs fans and what I thought at the time was kind of like a, a goodbye. He went absolutely fucking mental, pounding the chest, like screaming, and really doing aggressive high fives to like his teammates and stuff. And it, it looked like he'd just won the Champions League. I think, in my personal opinion, I don't know anything that's going on behind the scenes. That seemed to me like, I'm so glad that I've helped Hibs win, get back on track in my last game for them. I don't know what you think, Mark. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or he might it, did, it did seem like that. It did, I, I agree with Liam. It did seem like that. And if he is, if rumours are to be believed, and he's speaking to Udinese today, um, or if other clubs are potentially interested, it wouldn't be a surprise. I think he wears his heart on his sleeve, and he's just got carried away in the emotion, and it's been a tight game. We've had to hold it the last couple of minutes, and he's just went off his head to out of just pure passion and emotion. Whether he's been immediately thinking after just getting a, a really tight three points, oh, this is my last game for Hibs, I don't know. But it, it may you might be right, or he could just be showing his passion for the club by 
He was so good yesterday, though. Like all the, key, all the key moments that we had came from him. Second goal, third goal, they're all things that he's done. When he's been in midfield and he steps in, makes that challenge, creates the third goal. The second goal obviously takes his initiative there, and then obviously smart play there. Do you know what I mean? A masterstroke from Lee Johnson as well, putting him in midfield because one minute later. He wins that ball in midfield and essentially creates the third. So fair play. Lee I Johnson. was just on a on another level yesterday, and I don't know if that's because he's trying to impress or trying to prove that he should be at a higher level. Which, he, yeah. which I think we all there agree. Might be, there was maybe some scouts at the game. Maybe he was screaming at the Motherwell fans in Italian as well. I don't know if he's noticed that. <laughs> maybe it's just now feels that the pressure's off because he's like maybe that's what the issue was the first half of the season. Like he's had it playing on his mind. He knows he's going. But he's no, it's not been publicly announced. Where since it's been publicly announced, it's probably taken a weight off his shoulders. And I think, Mark, there's probably a bit of both in your mind uh, to play when it comes to the final whistle because he's like, thank fuck we've got a win. But then also it's like, oh, that could be my last game. And regardless of what you say about Porteous and like the, the laddies, he's one of us and he's literally lived the dream that we of we would have had as laddies to play for Hibs professionally. Exactly. it's now do you know what I mean he's aye can we be pissed off that he's leaving aye can we be pissed off that he's leaving for free aye of course because as a fan you think oh surely if he's a fan he'd want to see us get a bit back but at the end of the day this, it's his it's his job and he needs to always do, work like exactly that. and he needs to do the best for himself and the best for his family so um, I'm, I hope that he's I hope he stays around for the for the Hearts game yeah, me too. Imagine that's his last game, eh? Absolute scenes. Ryan Poacher's a winner, and then he goes... As long as we win. And he goes, cheerie bye, that's me off. But then saying he's, that... He's, no. he's never won a derby. Ryan Poacher oh. has never won a derby, so... Really? That's incredible. Yeah. I, know, I know. It shocked me. Yeah, for years. Know. He's been in the first team for years. <laughs> that's <laughs> my point, man. <laughs> Terrible. I think he was injured right. for the, the Boyle one. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's when he had his, his bad yeah. knee injury. Yeah. Right, moving on very quickly, we're going to update the Premiership table. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Okay, so me and Mark were at Far Park yesterday. We both enjoyed a steak pie. Uh, Mark, I'll let you go through your scores first before I, before I say mine. Okie doke. So I'll start off with the crust. A lovely crust for me. Nice and crispy on the top. Wasn't soggy in the bottom either. However, I've given it a four. What stops it from being a five? It was a wee bit too thick. Just a wee bit too dry for me. Temperature. You like this, boys? I've given it a five. Holy! A five? A five for temperature. Now, this is tailored to to my needs, right? I eat very fast, right? So it cannot be too hot or else I've got to nurse it. And I hate that. It's like when you get a steak bake and it's too hot, you've got to leave it, take a wee bites. This one, it was nice and hot, but it wasn't too hot and I could still eat it very fast. So for me, perfect temperature, spot on. Price, I've given it a three, pretty bog standard. I think it was £3.30. Not expensive, not cheap, pretty standard. Filling, I've given it a three. There was a lot of steak in there, quite a lot of steak in there, but 
it needed more gravy. It needed a wee bit more moisture in there. It was too dry to go along with that thick crust. It was too dry, needed a wee bit more moisture. So that's an overall score of a 15, if my maths is correct. A very respectable score and a very respectable opinion on that pie because, as luck would have it, I have the exact same scores for the exact same category. The level of analysis that we've had for Mark in the chat today, plus that pie, is... That is... Brilliant, to be honest. That is... That is... Ramble... What would you call it? That is Ramble... Ramble Heritage. Heritage. (laughs) Ramble Ramble Heritage. Absolutely brilliant. Let me tell you something, Daryl. Absolutely brilliant. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. (laughs) That pie was absolutely sensational. (laughs) On my first viewing, I thought it looked a bit shit. But when I look it back, it was brilliant. It was a great pie. I've also gone for a score of 15 out of 20. Um, with the exact same score and the exact same categories. Oh, really? Must, same category. Yeah, exactly. We must have got the same uh, to the same batch because it, and it was a it was a great pie. And usually when you go to places like Motherwell, St Mirren, places like that, the pies are fucking shite. But well, I think that the, the wee the wee diddy provincial clubs always up their game when it comes to scrum. I don't know, like it's the like Ross County always do good. I've good always pies. enjoyed I've always enjoyed a a first part pie. I must say. Well. That's the first one I've had in quite a long time, um, and you know it, it was it was very very nice. And I think it takes it joint second uh, in my rankings, but um, so that uh, concludes the Cinch Pie Membership update for this week. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Right, lads, moving on. Uh, I wanted to chat a little bit about the transfer window. I know that we had a wee talk about it last week. Um, but instead of incomings, because I know there's been absolutely no rumours whatsoever, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about outgoings and the players that we could maybe see leaving. Um, uh, Lee Johnson, after the derby, Said he would he would give up ten players to bring in one quality. I don't think he meant that there's ten players heading out the door. Kyle McGinnis um, reaffirmed that through the week, but he did say that the players that the players know their place certainly the the, the ones that are leaving. Um, Craig, do you, who do you think is heading out the door? Well, just a bit bit of ramble breaking news. Hibs have just announced on Twitter that uh, Jack Bryden. Alan Del Ferrier and Emmanuel Johnson have all returned from their loan spells at Edinburgh City. I'm not calling them FC Edinburgh because that's not their fucking name. Um, and it says that they're going to join up with the development squad full time. So I don't know if maybe one of them, two of them could be on their way out. I can't see it being Jack Bryden. Uh, I just think really highly of, of him. I always so, liked Mick Alan Del Ferrier when he played. So I, I hope he's not the other one. Could that, that is mean news. that they're joining the development squad and a couple of development squads getting promoted? Possibly, or maybe they're going to be part of the first team. Because I know Johnson can play right back. So I don't know if Hibs have been impressed enough with him being out on. I can't imagine. They've all played regularly for, for Edinburgh City this season. I can't imagine they call them back to put them in the development squad that doesn't play. Um, but on, on just on the, the, the point about who could it be, I think, well, Bojang obviously is already away. 
um, hopefully living a more comfortable life back in the Gambia. Let's not give any of that that rant any airtime. Than he was in the the Ormiston slum. That was the- <laughs> How dare you look at Ormiston? Is that terrible? Um, but no, I think one. I think for me anyway, you could probably pack. You could go through the majority of the squad and see who it could be. I think an absolute cast iron for me is Dimitri Mitchell. Um, I don't think any of us could could disagree with that. No. Um, the rest, I don't know. Potentially, you're looking at players like Melkerson and Tavares. Going out on loan, maybe. We uh, know that McCurdy can't go anywhere because you can't you can't play for three teams in one season. Yeah. But players like Runer Thank Hauk, God. We've got a chance to see the Arrow celebration. Uh Runer Haug, he's not been involved in anything since he came back for for Ireland. Um I don't I don't know. I think it's I think it was more a, a general point from Johnson that if he could get rid of ten for one, he would. I don't think it was necessarily putting a, a, a figure on players out, but we have got a massive squad. Like I think the last one we spoke about before is like you could count twenty eight first team players. Like that's far, far that's too many. That's probably what he was just getting at because like you yeah. just you just mentioned some of the players that you just mentioned, not been in they're not good enough to play at this level. They're too good to play in a development team and they're not gonna to want to sit there as well. So players like that are probably gonna be the ones that get moved on. Do you know what I mean? I just hope that Tavares is sold and Melkerson's alone, though. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll. They'll uh, sell Melkerson, to be honest with you. Nah, I think he's far too highly rated. Um, we. I mean, we all know how good a player he is. I'd like to see Tavares. I don't. I wouldn't like Tavares to be sold either. I think that he could probably do a job if he goes out uh, on loan and gets some minutes. Um, purely because of his hairstyle. I really like his his long dreadlocks. I think they're really smart. But uh, I, I don't know if any is of, you know. If you have heard any rumours, I certainly haven't. But is there anyone that you would like to see us bring in? Um, what's that boy for Wigan that played for St. Johnson? Kerr. Yeah, mm. he's done his cruise ship. Ah, oh, he's a long time injury. I'd still take him. Nurse <laughs> him, him back to health and then get him playing. I wouldn't be still surprised. do a job over Hanlon. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the radar for the future, though. Aye. Um, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't like. He's going to be one of the. He's going to be another like Danny Swanson, where he he's linked every single window for about twelve years. Funny you should mention Danny Swanson because he was standing in front of us yesterday. Standing in front of me, and Mark. He was. He asked us yeah. for an autograph. He did actually. He went here. You've been on the telly. Eh? <laughs> Wait, listen, no paps, no paps. Sorry, Danny. Was like me, that was like me and Sean at the nineteens game. You're the ramble, and all the dink, mate. Come on. <laughs> Try watch a game, pal. Eh? Enjoy a football. Eh? <laughs> but no, the players in. I'd, it depends on what what markets are we looking in. Like, you mean you look at the, for example, Aberdeen bringing in Shinny. I think that's a tremendous signing for them. Great squad as well for them. Like that's that's the type of player that we should be looking at. Players that can come in and can impact the first team right away. Is it maybe the issue I think that we've got is with somebody like like we like we bring in a central midfielder? Is it to play with Jonio, or is it to take to play Jonio instead of Jonio? Yeah, that's that's where I think the issue would be for Johnson in all areas of the park. He would be looking for players to come in and supplement, rather than players to come in and actually take the chance and make the jersey their own. Yeah. 
Is that yeah. maybe Henderson? Henderson got such a long period yesterday as if to say, right, here you go. Here's your chance. Show me what you can do. Exactly. He would be high up the list for me for, for players to go as well. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, he needs sure. players to come in and compete for places, especially in the full-back areas and, and centre-half. We need people to come in and compete. Because at this moment in time, most of the goals that we're conceding is down the flanks and we need people to come in and replace Stevenson. For me, Cabraja would be up on the list as well to get rid of because... I think he is. He's, I think he's, he's, a, he's a strange one, obviously, where he's, he's moved to a new country, he's not got a fairly great grasp of the language and then he loses his dad. Like, from from what... From what I've seen, he's understandably struggling still, big time. Um, and that there's a couple of rumours that he's isolated away from the squad a wee bit. He just likes to keep his own company and and things like that. So maybe for his own benefit, a move back to Croatia would be a good thing because when you compare the player that he was before he had that news compared to after you can tell something serious has happened because it's, it's like night and day. I mean, as, as well as before. as well as the fact that, you know, he's not the same player after his dad died and stuff. I Like, that's that's bad for Chabria's side of it, but on the Hibs side of it, he'll not be on pennies. He'll be on a, a half-decent wage. And if he's, no, if he's no playing, or if he's playing and he's not playing to the standard that we expect him to be playing at, then... Yeah we're going to need to get him off the books to free up the wages to bring someone else in anyway. We'll not be able to bring someone in on top of his wages, more than likely. Do you still think if we can support him in the right way, though, and we can coax that player back, he's worth keeping? Oh, no, for sure, yeah. I think we saw that in the first few games of the season. You you don't want to sound inhumane or that, but at the end of the day, if he's going to come on and be putting in performances like he did yesterday, by all accounts, he he was pretty poor when he came on. He was, he was at, when he came on. <laughs> at what point? At what point do you separate? Uh, at what point do you cut ties? Yeah. At what point do you go? Look, we can support you all we can off the pitch, but you can't be on the pitch because you're you're just going to end up making mistakes and costing us. Yeah. No, for sure. For sure. Um. Well, enough talk on the transfer side because we have got no news for you. No breaking news. No, no nothing. Actually, here's here's a point. The the rumored director of football. Coming in, John Park. Love that. Aye. I've seen that earlier on. Really I'm sure he's. Has he not been spoken about uh, in loads of the sci fi stuff? Has he not about a character? He was, he was the academy director at Hibs when Ryder and O'Connor, etc., came through and then he That's went to Celtic, no? He was at Celtic, yeah, Celtic as well. Like. Signed like, um, players like Wanyama for them, Gary Hooper and all that. Very, very, very well spoken. As well. Take one, yeah. He's currently he's currently Rangers chief scout, but apparently there's noises that Michael Beals want his own guy in. So take him, Mike. Take him. Bring him home. <laughs> well, if he does come home, he might be watching Hibs versus Dundee United at Easter Road on Saturday. Uh, and I looked this up earlier on. Did you know that we have not beaten Dundee United at Easter Road since January 2020? What an incredible statistic. Well, well, it doesn't sound like it's that long ago, but now it's three years and it's considerably worrying. Were they not out of the league for the, most of that time, though? Uh, I think they were out for... One. Not come up at the start of last season. <clears throat> Aye. It was in the cup that we beat them at Easter Road. Um, I think that was the 
Deutsch hat trick. The Deutsch hat trick game, yeah. That's the last time we beat them at Easter Road. Um, they've got the better of us a, a few times at Easter Road. But Sean does does winning yesterday make uh, Saturday's game even more important? Do you think? Well, yeah, and I think that's with the expectation that you're hoping teams around us are going to drop points again. Like they have been for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we've just done nothing about try to close that gap. Now that we've got that win, we'll hopefully build a wee bit of momentum to try and close the gap again and continue to do so. I think it's a it's a great opportunity. It's not like we've we've just scudded Livingston and now we need to go and play Celtic, Craig. If we get a result and also depending on other results and other teams' games in hands, we could move as high up as fifth. I don't see it happening, but you know it's it's a good it's, it's definitely a, a good opportunity for us to take, but wouldn't it be so hibs to to not take that opportunity if, if teams lose like if Aberdeen and all that lose, we usually lose as well and don't take. Yeah. No, it would. And I think the, the, the key point is is that this is ultimately this is a bigger game for me than yesterday because there's still those who feel that we could potentially be in some sort of danger come the end of the season. And a win on Saturday would put us 10 points ahead of Dundee United. And then, conversely, would only put us three points behind Hearts. Yeah. And it's better to have the points on the board, isn't it? I don't know if we play at the same time as them, but that's... I know they would still have a game in hand. But what we need to be doing is, instead of looking behind us, looking in front of us, and be in a position when Dundee United, sorry, when Hearts, Aberdeen, Livingston, etc. drop points, that we're in a position to capitalise on it because there's going to come a time where Hearts will go through a spell. Like Saturday, for example, we've picked up three, uh, the weekend there, we've picked up three points, they've only picked up one. So there's going to be more weekends like that. If we can really capitalise on those weekends and start chipping away, at that points advantage they've got because you need to remember as well most of the teams around us have still got a game in hand just yeah. on just on that Craig obviously Hearts Hearts play St Mirren on Friday but then they play Aberdeen on the Wednesday that's where the games in hand come and Celtic play St Mirren on the Wednesday as well yep. and then we play Aberdeen ourselves I think right well, on Saturday, I've, got yeah. that, I've got that order correct so, okay. hospitality uh, cleaned away hospitality yeah, hospitality. so the next the next I don't care if we get beat that game I'll be absolutely <laughs> reeking the next two or three league fixtures anyway will be you know season defining in regards to kind of where we're at and what we're doing and I think considering who the teams around us are playing when we pub these games I think it makes it even more important I yeah. think as well what makes us one <laughs> to make it a hat-trick of even more important games. Um, I think this one's important because Fox has got, since he's came in, Dundee United, if I'm not mistaken, have the best defensive record in the league, including the old firm, since he's came in. I read that stat earlier. I don't know if it's true. But he's well, they're second up. bottom of the league, so... Was he not caretaker for the 9-0 game? That was Jack Ross still there. Jack oh, Ross. Jack, Jack but Jack since, since Fox took over, apparently they've got the best defensive record so they're a different animal to what they were under Jack Ross. I know that they're still bottom, but remember, they had a lot of points to make up at the bottom of the table, and he's now made them up, and they're now looking above. They're probably thinking the same as us. We're looking ahead. We're looking to catch Hibs and Motherwell and everyone above. So in reality, it might look like we're playing a relegation contender, but I actually think we're playing a team that will be fighting for top six, if I'm being honest. So for me, it's it's a huge game, and Hibs, Dundee United, is always a big game regardless, because they're a 
one of the big boys of the league. So yeah, yeah we need to we, we need to make sure we use home advantage, beat them, and then we can look up. I completely agree. It's a huge game, but finally, just before we move on to listener questions, do we stick with the same team or uh, do we make any changes? Obviously, we're assuming that Cadden isn't going to be isn't going to be fit and. Let's just assume that we don't sign a right back between now and then. Who slots into that role, Sean? Megwa. Megwa, Craig? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Uh, more than likely Megwa, but I could see um, I could see Johnson going, maybe reverting back to the three. Mm-hmm. Mark? I'd be playing I, Campbell. Think, I think he might put Campbell out wide and start with Henderson, unfortunately. Do you think uh, Campbell right back? Yeah, I'd say I'd say right wing back in the. In the I, I would, if, it is, if it is Megwa, I would. I think it'll be a even more. Imp- obviously, it'll be a, a debut for him as well. I think the magnitude of the game. It's, it's obviously we know it's a massive game, but I think it'll be interesting to see how he copes with that because touching on what we spoke about earlier, our fullbacks kind of get left exposed quite a lot of the yeah. time. So it'll be interesting to see how he copes with that, considering he'll have Yuan and well Megide in front of him. Absolutely. Who aren't going to help him out. And just to piss Craig off, let's go for some predictions. Mark, what are you thinking? 2-1 Hibs. Sean? Uh, 2-1 Hibs. Craig? Dundee United sending off as well. I'll give my prediction when Sean requests it on Saturday morning. Make no mistake about it. I think Hibs <laughs> will definitely win. And I'm going to go 3-1. Red card for United, red card for him. You were tempted to say I was four. tempted to say four. To I was tempted, but you know, I've got to rein it in a wee bit. Three one, a red card for either side. Joe Newell will be sent off. I'm gonna like I said, I'm gonna commit to the content and do it at the weekend when Sean requests that rematch okay. tweet. Okay. Boring. Boring man. It's Monday, mate. Too much too much can happen during the week. Speaking of Joe Newell suspension, right? He, he must be close to it on yellow. Right? Mm-hmm. Thanks. So. Well, Maybe only a one or two off. For a fact. Well, let's wait until Craig. Are you getting your facts up, Craig? No. Yeah, well, he, he, oh. he, picked, he, he picked up another yellow card at the weekend, and I thought that would then have meant he's, he's suspended because I feel like every time I see who gets booked for Hibs, he's up. <laughs> he must. He must be. He must be very close. But listen, let's move on to my favourite part of the of the podcast and we'll wrap up with some listener questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Okay boys, first we put the tweet up last night uh, after the after the game finished and who was first to reply? Our good pal John McIntosh uh, caps lock what's for fucking dinner? Yes. Who wants to start? Who wants to kick off? Well, do you want to know what we had last night or tonight? Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with tonight. Uh, tonight, obviously. Yeah. I'll go I'm first. Gonna... But it's, it's a simply embarrassing dinner, and I apologise in advance. I had vegan sausage rolls from Aldi with beans. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. That's a terrible Mark, are you oh struggling financially? Jeez, right. no. no, mate. I swear these sausage rolls are the bollocks. They're so. Do you want me, do you want me to send you some money? <laughs> it's our KFC or son. I did what? <laughs> what are you having, Sean? Uh, bacon and mushroom linguine. Oh, that sounds absolutely spectacular. Craig? 
um having uh it's uh you get it in the it's in the ready meal section in tesco it's like a some sort of curry i don't know what kind it is i think it might be a tikka masala but it has like wee red chilies through it oh a hot tikka masala where we where we side the we side the pakora and a nice wee a nice uh, garlic naan to dip in it pakora belter uh, i'm having um spicy chicken pasta that's what i'm having for my dad you always have spicy chicken pasta I don't always have spicy chicken. Man. <laughs> I know, I can I, I don't think you can really say anything about anyone else's tea. The no, great sponsored fucking section of the, of the Rambo. Vegan. Listen, this vegan sausage roll from Aldi. If you're listening to this, try it. The next time just, uh, just on that, Mark, on, on the vegan sausage roll, have you had the vegan steak bakes for Aldi? Because I picked them up by mistake and they're rancid. No. <laughs> No, but the ones, the sausage <laughs> rolls from so Did you pick them up by mistake, Mark? No, no, I actually had them at my girlfriend's father's house, who is a vegetarian, and he recommended them to me, and I have bought them ever since. So there you go. Fair dues, fair dues. Moving on, we've got Stephen Dowling. He asks, does Henderson need a wee injury to keep him out for a bit so he can go to the gym and bulk up like McGinnis? There's nout to him. Why does he need an injury to do that? Why not just go to the gym and bulk up? Yeah, no, I think I think uh, he's got a point though. I think he does need to bulk up a bit. Josh Campbell doesn't need to bulk up. Player of the season. I know, but uh, Josh Campbell's a different kind of player it's than Pierre. You know, yeah, no, I agree. Mental fortitude. Yeah. Uh, Craig's best mate, Gav Dick, has said. I think he's meant to say how good was Nisbet. <laughs> oh, Gav. But, but uh, it said. Who good was Nisbet? <laughs> with the with the love heart eyes emoji. Is it Nisbet as well, or is it Nisbet? No, no, he's he's spelled it correctly. Oh, well and then he's put what a player in brackets statement. How he was good, he was very good. Aye. Or who? He's everyone that would be missing. I honestly, I think Gav is pulling our pisser when it comes to his spelling for these questions. Especially the ones where he misspells it, writes it again, and then misspells it again. Oh, that was a belter that time, man. That was an absolute belter. Um, next, we've got Jack. He asks, uh, the fate of the world on the line, who are you picking, R9 or KN15? Oh. I'm sorry, Nizzy. i tell you what, Nisbet's got a much better haircut. Nah. I don't know. I quite like the Ronaldo 9. Don't disrespect the goal. R9 for me, all day long. Aye, especially if it's a penalty in a Scottish Cup. If, if, if Nisbet bags a hat-trick in the derby at the end of the month, I'll change my mind. Aye, fair dues. Because Ronaldo's never done that for him. Exactly. Neither's Nisbet yet. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Kevin Wilson has come with three questions. Uh, the first is, with Cadden injured, should we start Megua or change the shape? Personally, I'd start Megua. I think we've touched on that already. Um, we'd like to see Megua start, but don't think it will actually happen. Uh, next, he says Tam McManus is a middle-aged loser. Discuss. What What was that? I've seen loads of people kicking up. What did he say? Oh, I, I don't know because he's blocked the Rambo. So. Uh, and he's blocked me as well. He's a slavering prick who is bitter as hell that he was absolutely shite on Hibs TV. And Hibs Who's blocked the Rambo already? Uh, because I was getting him, I was getting him verbals oh, off the Rambo account. That's why he's blocked the Rambo. <laughs> when he was on the Hibs payroll, right, he was an absolute cuck for the Gordons. Mm, now that he's no longer on the Hibs payroll, he's slandering anything and everything to do with Hibs. He's trying to become like Chris Boyd, and he's yeah, not even yeah. good enough 
to be Chris Boyd. Chris Boyd at least has got some pattern about him. Uh, next he asks, statement not a question, Kevin Nisbet needs to be given an improved and extended contract ASAP. I think I think I saw somewhere that he's only got a year left, but I, I'm not too sure if that's right. Is that right? year and a half, aye. Four-year deal he signed when he joined. A year and a half. So maybe if we could tie him down for another year or so. Um, Fair play to Kevin is, but though he tried to get himself a new deal six months in. So uh-huh. maybe, we should, maybe we should have given him it then. Okay. Um, next, Haley asks, do we have any better options for Henderson bullied off the ball most times and struggling to make basic passes? Again, we've aye. touched on that. We, we, the better option for Henderson is anyone on this podcast <laughs> Anyone on this podcast can go on that pitch. No, <laughs> that's that's too far. But aye, we've got loads. That's a bit too far. I don't think Craig's got the minerals. <laughs> it gets sent off all the time. <laughs> um, Isla says, oh, "This is this is kind of starting to be a little bit of you and Henderson slander." I know, I know, he had a poor a poor game, but come on, we need to we need to support. We're we're all about building up. We're not about tearing down on this pod. Uh, Five minutes individually slating the fucking life out of him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He's from a fantastic footballing family. Let's back the boy. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, but Isla does ask, does anyone see what LG season LJ season Henderson? And I, I do, because we've seen it. We have seen it firsthand, but he just needs to bulk up a little bit, I think, and get that confidence back. Um, Next, this is another one about Nisbet. Um, James Kibber asks, Kevin Nisbet, Kevin Nisbet. Or Kevin Nisbet. Not too sure what the context is, but I would choose Kevin Nisbet. Kevin Nisbet. Absolutely. Just, I just pips Kevin Nisbet and the other Kevin Nisbet maybe comes third. Um, Mike Beardsley says, if McGeady, Nisbet and McGinnis were fit all season, would we be in with a shout of third? We still are. Yeah, I was yeah. about to say, we're not that far off third already. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I think if they were fit from the start of the season, we'd be in a much healthier position than we are now. We'd be fit, if they were fit, we'd be clear in third. We'd be yeah, I think first. exactly. I think I said last week that our hopes for third were completely diminished, but that was after we'd just got beat three 0 Now we've just been beat three two. We're going to finish second. We're going to be playing in the Champions League next season. Simple as. You just say after we've just been beat three two. Oh, did I? Yes. I so. But well, I meant to say after we've won, obviously. Sorry, everyone. Some host you are, eh? I can, mate. This is this Bring is back to shambles. Wouldn't happen under my watch, Mark. Shamble, a, a shamble ramble. The head shambles. <laughs> you redeemed so, yourself. Uh, Zach McKenzie says, any Dave Squad players you would like to see play first team football? I think we would all say, can I Omega? But any anyone else? Oscar Mack. Yeah. We uh, yep. Aitken. Yeah. I, I never remember his first name, but we Aitken in midfield. Murray Aitken. Murray Aitken. Yeah. Then obviously our two our two pals, Josh and Ethan. Leds. For sure. Murray Johnson at some point as well, so we can use the David Marshall song on him. Simple. But only for that reason. Not yeah, only for that reason. Talking to Josh and Ethan, I've got them out on loan in my hip save on football manager. They're at our broth who are in the premiership and they're absolutely killing it. Aye. And as well, football manager equals real life. So Johnson, get them in the team and they will bag goals. Agreed. Yeah, come on, Lee. Come on, Lee. Do the right thing. Um, next, uh, Colin McLennan, um, whoever that is, asks, was that a fantastic victory or just papering over the cracks? Defending for both Motherwell goals was dreadful. I'm and sick of the uh, loser's questions, man. I'm, I'm sick of it as well because 
he's never usually this negative. To Take be it for what it is, Colin. We won the game, we scored three goals, and we got three points. Take your negativity elsewhere. I know. Grow up, Colin. Grow up, for goodness sake. Sean, have you got any slander to give my dad? Well, you, at the end of the season, you didn't look at the goals that you conceded during Wednesday. You just look how far up you are at the table. So maybe you should just pipe down for a couple of weeks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Sean. Holy <laughs> Depends if we miss out on anything by goal difference, I suppose. Well, then he can come back and have a go at me, but until then... <laughs> well, fair dues, I, I would love to see a charity boxing match between my dad and Sean Corrigan. That's I the second charity boxing match you've put me out on, by the way. Oh, yeah, who who are you fighting? Fuck those. You were fighting someone else. I think someone would be down the slope or something. Probably like that. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, you called them out and then you said that I'll take them. Aye, no, absolutely. You'll be in my I'm, not, I'm not doing it. You'd take up the whole ring if you were the enemy. <laughs> exactly. Sean it'd be two more against, No, it'd be Sean Connigan against Paul Breach. Against Paul Breach? Aye. Uh, Mark has dropped off. I think he actually has got prior engagements. So the last couple of questions will be just for um, just for you two. Uh, Liam Riley asks, what's your top pies away from football? Surely steak and haggis from Scotland and classic Scotch pie from Baines at Stenhouse are top tier. Bain Stenhouse, nothing comes close. Yeah, no, John Bain and Son Stenhouse Cross is a fantastic bakery. Um, yep. Big shout out to, to Alan's bakery as well at WrestleRig. That's I've, on the I've, list, uh, by the way. I've not been yet, but it's on I've the list. I've not been. I've not, I don't usually have an awful lot of business up that way. Um, but he does do uh, a Galatasa pie, uh, which has got Donner meat in it. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a sucker in- for Donner meat. Instagram, absolutely that. this. Yeah, no, it, it does. It does look really good, and I will. I will make. Uh, that sounds like a ramble to you to go and try the Galatasaray. I even say Galatasaray. Galatasaray. Absolutely. Um, Lorenzo asks, uh, if Porteous is going uh, to keep on playing this way, would you rather keep him till the end of the season and release him for free, uh, and then maybe we would aim to put some youngsters in, or prefer to cash in now? Um, we should think about avoiding relegation. I don't think we're in any trouble of relegation, and I've said before on the pod that I would rather keep him. Performances like yesterday is worth more to us on the park than he has with the 500 grand or whatever is in the bank. Ron yeah. doesn't 500 grand. That's pennies to him. Based on performances like yesterday, he's, he's worth more to us till, till July, eh, sorry, till June, and then he goes for nothing. Yeah. And actually, see, after that, Lorenzo has added um, to answer about last week regarding the flags. I am Italian. I lived in Japan and I've got a passion for Asian football, above all Japanese and Korean. And he's currently studying Korean and he's going to go there this year. So that cleared up. Just exploded in his pants. Yeah. So that's clear. That's cleared up um, all the flags in Lorenzo. And thanks again, Lorenzo. Maybe organise a wee trip. Uh, Yeah. Or two jump on a chart of him. Can compare your favourite Pokemons. (laughs) <laughs> Pokemon. <laughs> As a YouTuber, is it not? Um, and finally, uh, Jack Hibbs has asked, how big a result could that be for Lee Johnson and the players? Personally, I think it is a, a big result in terms of getting the confidence back and getting back on track, back to winning ways. I don't think there's there should be any talk of Johnson you know, getting his jotters after that game, although Sky Sports were talking about it. It will, though, because we're not going to win every game. So, naturally, if we win next week but then lose to Hearts, 
the same folk that were like, oh, we're back on track will now be like, right, get them out. Mm-hmm. No, so, for sure. And Which honest, was us after the derby, to be honest. Losing, losing like, the hearts in quick succession like that, and the season effectively being over, given how shady he yeah. took the League Cup, would be quite hard to stomach. Yeah, no, absolutely. But I don't think there's any point in sacking him now, anyway. Nah, I don't either. Well, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure again. Um, talking to you is that we've gone a wee bit longer tonight actually an hour and 20 minutes but it's, it's been it's been really nice to talk to you what is a way to do what is a way to do now stuff my face with my dinner i'm starving like uh I'll probably look at you texting me over the next hour saying fancy zones on the night are we going into wars on the night yeah we're we dropping into almazra tonight i know me and mark are definitely you should download it as well sean sean's too grown up for video games Oh, look at me, I don't play video games. Oh, look at me, I'm I also just... absolutely fucking dreadful at them, so I just know my limits. Oh, that's all right, that's all right. Even classic shirt collection. Oh, I'm going to put my Hibs Umbro 1979 top <laughs> in a poly bag instead of a plastic bag because it protects the fibres. <laughs> to be fair, you wouldn't be any worse than Craig. To give you an idea of how bad I am, right? I am now as shite as Liam was in the old one, and he yeah. was... Shite. No, brutal, like, brutal. Not as bad as Joe Faulkner. Oh, worst. The worst guy. If you're listening, Joe, I'm so sorry, but you were brutal. Same with you, Liam Miley. Get it up, you. Your sketches are shit. <laughs> well, anyway, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, we'll catch up next week for a review of our inevitable defeat against uh, Dundee United. <laughs> right, nice one. Thanks for Cheers. listening, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Bye-bye.